Hello, world, and welcome to Give Me the Loot. I know it's been a long while before I did an episode. I think my last episode was um, around New Year's in January. It's been a while. I've been um, going through some things, adjustments, and just working. But um, finally getting back on schedule. I do apologize for my audience. And I'm telling you now that I'll be back and definitely will be more consistent. Um, thank you for the support so far. And let's keep grinding. Let's keep going. <clears throat> so, uh, second round of the NBA playoffs started. Um, of course, we saw um, the Bucks. They defeated the Boston Celtics. And Warriors pulled out a close game against the Grizzlies. Um, the Bucks game a little bit surprised for me um, with Middleton not playing I did think that um, the offense was going to struggle just a bit but um, Boston just wasn't clicking at all offensively um, they had a lot of turnovers a lot of turnovers that turned into easy points for the Bucks. And, you know, there's a saying that, you know, when you're a champion, you can never count them out. And Bucks played like a championship team, even without Chris Middleton today. Um, the supporting cast for the Bucks did everything right. You know, Brooke Lopez played big. You know, um, Bobby Portis, another one who did his thing. So, like, the supporting cast... For Giannis, you know, he did have a triple-double. He didn't have a monster game, you know, points-wise. But, like I said, props to the championship team. They all well-coached. The chemistry, of course, is there. Even with them losing P.J. Tucker, you know, the chem- chemistry is still there because this is your reigning defending champs, you know. But Boston has to come back stronger you know, it's different. They're not playing, you know, this Nets team. You know, of course, we all know that um, the Giannis is, you know, bigger and stronger than KD. So they can't play that same type of defense. But the difference is that we all know the Nets were not known to play defense. This Buck team does play defense, which is why Boston turned over the ball so many times today. Like I said, they had a lot of turnovers and wasn't good for them at all. <clears throat> you know, so they did lose home court advantage because they did lose, you know, the first game. But I do, hopefully they do bounce back. You know, like I said, Giannis had a, you know, he, he struggled shooting. He was not for 25 from the field, 0 for 2 from the three-point line. Um, I mean, 6 for 11 for his free throws, but, you know, he made 6 of them. So, but I'm not expecting Giannis to, you know, shoot that point again. Like I said, he did. He had 25 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists, you know, triple-double. He said, you know, Bobby Portis hopped out. You know, he had a 11 rebounds, 15 points. Drew Holiday had 25 points, 9 rebounds. 
He's like this this team they pretty much just out rebound Boston. You know, um this they're small. And I think that's exactly what you know that's the difference with, you know, Boston and Bucks is that, you know, this Bucks team can rebound. Uh, they had a lot of offensive rebounds I saw from tapping out. And, you know, I hope it did his best on Giannis figuring out, you know, that's why Giannis was, you know, struggling and shooting. But, you know, Marcus Smart did have that little scary injury in the beginning of the half. Shouts out to him for actually, you know, coming back and still trying to be there for his team. Um, but, you know, Boston has to shoot better. And, you know, Jason Tatum was 6 for 18. Marcus Smart was 3 for 11. Jalen Brown was 4 for 13. You know, that's not going to cut it against this Bucks team. You know, and, you know, I do apologize to the Bucks because, you know, I said, you know, Boston at 5 because I was just rolling on how beautifully defensively they played against the Nets. And they just remind me of, you know, uh, uh, the young Spurs team as far as their defense and their ball movement you know but I should never you know go against your defending champs as long as Giannis is still playing so shout out to the Bucks for getting the job done they up 1-0 and hopefully Boston can come back and you know fight through this struggle and get their rhythm back you know, now the second exciting game was the Warriors and Grizzlies. This game really came down to the wire. Um, a couple of things I did. I mean, I didn't really agree with the Draymond Green flagrant two call. Um, I thought it was a flagrant one. Um, I mean, the reason why I think it was a flagrant two because even after you know he fouled Clark pretty hard, he did try to help him up at the end of the play. It's not like he just, you know, he fought him hard and just walked away you know, like a bully, but, you know, he did try to help him up. So I was, you know, a little surprised with the flagrant too, you know, but once again, Jordan Poole balled out. He is up and coming on his Warriors team, you know, it's like, you're no longer worrying about just Splash Brothers and you know Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Now you got this other guy in Jordan Poole who's really making his name for himself. You know he had 31 today. He shot pretty well. You know 12 for 20 from the field. You know, you know if y'all was paying into my podcast, you know last year I called it. I said I had the Warriors winning it all. Of course I did have their opponent being the Brooklyn Nets. So. That didn't work out because obviously they got swept. But, you know, this Warriors team is well coached by, you know, Steve Kerr. You know, they got two of the best shooters, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. You got Draymond, who is arguably the best defensive player in the game right now. And then the supporting cap they have with the Jordan Poole. The Gary Payton Jr., who, you know, playing great defense, good minutes. You know, he has his games where he is shooting the ball very well as well. Um, the boy can fly. We see him get a couple of 
close to risers this season. But they got a good supporting cast, good bench, and I think that's going to be tough for any team to go against this Warriors team. I do like that this Grizzlies team, they're not afraid, they're not backing down. <clears throat> they did have a they did have a chance to win it at the end, you know, John Moran just, you know, missed the last game winning shot on the layup this close good defense on Steph Curry and Klay Thompson at the end. Um, I don't know what's going on with Steph Curry. Steph Curry has missed more free throws frequently in these playoffs this year. Klay Thompson missed two key free throws at the, at the end of the game today, which could have cost them the game if John Moran did make that layup. You know, uh, they need to get back on track, get back into, you know, championship mode because stuff like that can cost you a game. You know, you are, what, an 88-89% career free throw shooter and, you know, and down the wire when it really matters, you miss not one, but both free throws. You know, you got lucky there because you play good defense, but sometime, next time you might not be so lucky. So definitely got to make your, definitely got to make your free throws. But um, this series should be exciting. This game was very exciting. Um, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not expecting Jackson to, you know, have the game he had today every game in the series. I mean, he had 33 today, and he did shoot the ball very well, you know. Six for nine from the three-point line, ten rebounds, you know. But that was uh, that was it, Between, you know, besides, you know, John Moran, who had 34. You know, Milton had 14, Clark had 12. But they need somebody else to step this up. Um, I'm not seeing Clay Thompson just struggle like that. I mean, he gave me 15 points. You know, he shot 6 for 19, 3 for 10, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't see any team being this Warriors team four times. It's hard for me to see that, so which is why I had them winning the whole thing, you know. So, like I said, this series should be exciting. John Moran is a star. He's a stud, future MVP, hopefully, you know, he is leading his team, carrying his team, um, but, you know, Warriors did pulls it off, and it's been a long time for these Warriors, you know, the last two years, they haven't even made the play-in after going on this, you know, dynasty run for them, going to, you know, I believe it was like five straight championships they've been to, and then two years, they don't even make the playoffs, and now this year, first time, you know, they got their first round win in a long time, so they need to get back into that feeling, that championship feeling, and I think the Warriors would be just fine. You know, tomorrow's games, we got, you know, 76ers versus Miami, which, you know, it's a sad, sad series, because, you know, there's no Joel Embiid, who been playing like an MVP past two years I do believe that this year he will be the MVP and and, and this sucks I mean even though if he was playing I still had Miami winning that series I just didn't think they would win it like this with no Embiid I mean there's no timetable to his return and that really sucks 
you know, um, I don't know what's going on with James Harden, but right now it's not looking he can lead this team to the next round. Um, them Houston days look like it's over, and he's been struggling. He's been struggling shooting the ball. He's been struggling getting to the rack. You know, he's not as quick anymore. Yeah, that was his thing. His the quick step. That was his move. You know, where he get by really quickly and able to finish at the rim or do a step back to three. You know, but he's just not doing it anymore. You know, I don't think Harden, Maxi, Tobias Harris. I don't think they have enough to beat this. Miami team, so I mean, with Embiid, I had Miami winning in six. Without him, it could be a possibly sweep. Could be a possible sweep, but I don't see it go more, no more than five games, especially without Embiid. And in the other game, I got you know Dallas and Phoenix. You know, shout out to Dallas for finally getting past the first round. It's been a long time coming. I think the last time they got out of the first round was when they won the championship, which was in 2011 when, you know, Dirk Nowitzki was playing and they beat that Miami team. But that was probably the uh, last time they got out the first round. So this year, shout-outs to, you know, Jason Kidd. Did a hell of a job with this Mavericks team, and they got out the first round. But I believe that's it. That's where it ends. I don't see them being this Phoenix team. You know, when you got the point guard himself and Chris Paul, you know, just being a coach on the court, there's always a benefit for any team. You know, you got, of course, you got your head coach, but having your coach on the court playing with you it makes a, a job a lot easier and easier to play with. And, you know, I do believe that this. Dallas team will put up a fight. I got Phoenix winning at six. But I do believe that this um, Phoenix team at the end is more powerful. I think the Phoenix Suns have... It's going to be too much for this Dallas team. So ultimately, you know, Phoenix is going to win... And uh, six games, you know. But so far, these hopefully the second round is a lot better than the first round, where we're not, you know, having fast and easy. Well, I'm not gonna say easy, but you know, fast series. Hopefully, the second round, you know, playing plays out long enough than the first round, you know. But um, the NFL draft happened, and I'm pretty pretty excited for my Patriots. You know, they got some picks I was like, okay, cool, happy with. Definitely can't wait for the NFL season to start. You know, but um, a lot of trades happened that surprised me. You know, A.J. Brown going to the Eagles, Hollywood Brown going to the Cardinals. Ooh, this football season could be crazy, especially with the offensive trades that happened. We shall see. But we'll speak more on football, you know, later on when it starts getting closer and closer to the date. Um, baseball season definitely started so far. Yankees are on to a little hot street so far. You know, 
Um, they did win, did a comeback win today. Happy for that. You know, right now they're sitting at 16 and 6, and Aaron Judge is balling. Aaron Judge is trying to get paid. I do believe that he should already gotten paid. I don't know what the Yankees are doing, but he's balling now. Now let's see, he's trying to definitely trying to earn his money. So pay that man. You know what I mean? I'm more, I'm more for the players, you know, getting their money. You know, it's just like, you know, Kyrie Irving. Me personally, I don't think I would give him a max deal as far as giving him years because, you know, he he's not trustworthy to play you know, so many games and nothing against what he believes in, no more for it, you know, do what you believe in, that's your your life, your personal choice, but, you know, from the business, you know, perspective of it, you know, it's like, why would I give this guy so many years and there's no guarantee that he's going to play most of the games, you understand, so, you know, I'll sign him to, you know, the one-year contracts, but with those one-year contracts, like I said, he's definitely worth the money that you give him because Kyrie Irving is box office. You know, in my opinion, he might be the best ball handler I've ever seen. He might be the best ball handler in NBA history. I mean, of course, there's some debates. I, d- I think Alan Iverson has a better crossover. But I just think that Kyrie ball handling skills is so much better. And I don't think nobody comes close to him. He's a different he's a different type of breed when it comes to basketball. I mean he's a baller, he balls out, he shows out, he's fun to watch. It's amazing to watch what he can do with the basketball. It's just uh you know, the saying is, you know, the best Ability is availability, and right now he's not trustworthy to sign to a multi-year contract only because we don't know if he's gonna play every single game. You know, and it's just that. But like I said, you know, if you sign your one-year contract, give the man his money. You know, one year, thirty mil, one year, thirty-two mil, whatever the numbers equal up to. If you was gonna give him a multi-dollar a multi-year contract, you know, break that down for the one years and pay that man his his money. Absolutely. I'm well for the athletes, you know, get your money, get your money. You know, because at the end of the day, every sport is a business. Every sport is a business. We seen and heard how these business, how they trade players without telling the player or how the player is finding out through a reporter that he's been traded or he's been fired, you know, stuff like that, you know, and sometimes you wonder, it's like, you know, where's the, where's the respect at, you know, where's the respect, you know, after somebody who's, you know, put forth his hard work and the best abilities for his organization and, you know, you just up and trade him or fire him and don't, don't even have the nerve to tell them face-to-face or a phone call that, yeah, we're trading you or we're firing you. You know, I think prime example of that was 
always think about Harrison Barnes, how he got traded in the middle of a game. Like, that's wild. He traded in the middle of a game, and he couldn't finish the game, even though he was balling that game. Couldn't even finish the game because he didn't play for the team no more. Like, where's the respect in that? That's that's wild. That's wild, and that's that's crazy. So, you know, for the most part, I'm always, you know, team players, get your money. Absolutely, you know, get your money. <clears throat> you know, but, you know, and um, like I said, it's it's sad that that's how these owners treat these basketball players that's helping this some of these organizations become known at box office. You know, LeBron James put Cleveland back on the map. You know, let's be honest about that. You know, of course, you got some Hall of Famers from the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, you're Mark Price. You know, but recently, when you think of the Cleveland Cavaliers, the first person you think of is LeBron James. You know, some of these players do help put these small teams on the map. Or just bring more box office, I should say. Might bring more box office to the organization. You should have a little more respect of whether you're going to trade a player or fire a coach, you know, just have a little more respect when you're handling business like that. You know, um, so I guess everybody is, it's weird that a lot of people hold LeBron James to such a high standard that anything he does, he's getting crucified for. And sometimes it can be a little too unfair. Because I, me personally, I am not a, I'm not a LeBron James fan. The people who know me, they know that my favorite player of all time is Larry Bird. I will always defend Larry Bird. I will always choose Larry Bird over everybody except Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the only player I'm not taking Larry Bird over because to me, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Michael Jordan is, is the GOAT. But I do believe that if the tables were turned between LeBron James and Kevin Durant, if LeBron was the one who got swept, I don't believe he would have ever heard the end of it. And I don't think that's fair at all because every superstar should be held accountable for when their team doesn't get past the ultimate goal you know a lot of people say that Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA right now me personally I think he's very very Talented, very, very efficient. But to me, right now, I'm going to say Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. But that's not an excuse for your team to be the only team in these playoffs that didn't get a win. Pelicans got at least a win against Phoenix. The Timberwolves got themselves a win. Even the Toronto Raptors got themselves a win. You got two of the best offensive players in the game. 
and they couldn't give me a win. They got swept. They're the only team that got swept. And like I said, I do believe that the tables were turned. If LeBron James was the one that was on this team, and his team got swept, my God, the the amount of the amount of negativity he would have gotten, and of course they would have brought up that destroys his goat debate and stuff like that, you know. But I mean, and to to to, to the defense, they know LeBron fans are no better. I do believe that. LeBron fans are the reason why a lot of people don't like LeBron. Like, it's nothing against LeBron. He's done nothing wrong. But I think it's his fans that make people don't like LeBron. I feel the same way about the Dallas Cowboys. Their fans is the reason why a lot of people do not like the Dallas Cowboys. common denominator between both fans as far as the Dallas Cowboys and the LeBron fans that a lot of them are in denial. I just told you that my favorite player of all time is Larry Bird. It's okay to have a favorite player. It doesn't mean that they have to be the GOAT as well. I just told you Jordan is the GOAT to me. But I love me some Larry Bird same thing you know like this back and forth between Jordan and LeBron is a tick for tack and sometimes you just gotta be it's in denial you know you know KD got swept and here come the LeBron friends coming at KD and I'm like gosh I have no right to say anything because LeBron didn't even make the playoffs he couldn't even make the play in my San Antonio Spurs whose roster if you go roster to roster you know San Antonio Spurs and the Lakers roster there should be no reason why San Antonio got the play in over the Los Angeles Lakers. Shouldn't be no reason. You know, but, you know, it's... I do blame the fans. Me, personally, I, I like LeBron James. I think he's great. And, you know, he's not the GOAT. But, second greatest player of all time, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being number two. Out of all the NBA players, 75-year anniversary of the NBA, so many players, and you're number two. It's great. Some people, you're number one, and that's perfectly fine. I respect everybody's opinion. Because at the end of the day, it's all everybody's opinion. There is no actual facts here. Yes, you have supporting facts to defend your argument. But at the end of the day, it's all about your opinion. You know, every generation have their goat. You know, for some people, it's Jordan. Some people, it's Magic, Bird, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Some people, it's Kobe. Some people, it's LeBron James. I realize that some it all depends on your generation and you know what era you was born in to determine who your goat is. Like it's all about opinion. You know, I mean, we can sit here and go on the facts of why I think Jordan is the GOAT. Doesn't mean that I'm 100% right and it's a fact that Jordan is the GOAT. No, it's just based on opinion. I have no problem with debating. Just be, you just can't be in denial. And I think that's where a lot of the LeBron fans and, you know, the Cowboy fans, just some fans in general, this is where the annoyance comes in. And this is why I think a lot of people 
don't like the actual player defending. Like, for example, LeBron James. You know, like I said, nothing against LeBron. Like I said, I like him. What he does off the court, he's nowhere comes close to what he does off the court. You know, and as a player, I do think he's a, a good player. You know, nobody... I don't think we're going to see another person do what he did. He's talking about a NBA player who went to 10 consecutive finals. Only certain players can say that. And that's back in the Bill Russell days when, you know, Boston went like 10 straight times and then they facing the Lakers like nine straight times. You know, the same teams. That's probably around those two teams are probably the only players I can say. They've been to, you know, 10 consecutive championships. But my era, me growing up, I don't think I'm going to see another player do this. You took about 10 consecutive finals. He is a four-time NBA MVP. He is a four-time NBA finalist. He is on the merge of being the all-time leading scorer, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, he's, he's, he's doing, he, he, the longevity is what's really amazing, because, you know, we talking about, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he did play 20 seasons, but the difference is, is that his numbers was going down and down tremendously, where LeBron James, for the most part, his numbers are saying pretty consistent very consistent, you know, giving me 25 more, 25 or more points a game, giving me six to seven assists per game, giving me about, you know, seven to eight, nine rebounds a game. He's being consistent, which is more beautiful. He's almost like, you know, Tom Brady, where the longevity of them taking care of their body so they can play, continuously to play at an elite level is what's being more and more impressive about these athletes. You know, and as a, if I'm a young person in the NBA, you know, I want to talk to LeBron James about how he keeps his body the way it is. If I'm a, you know, if I'm a quarterback, I want to talk to Tom Brady. Like, how is it that you're able to keep your body continuously to play at this elite level? You know, and as a young person, you know, there's nothing wrong with you getting guidance. And I've always told myself, you know, if I had that dream to go pro while I'm in college you know if the college I went to had access to it why not start you know getting guidance from a hall of famer or NBA, a current NBA player who's in the NBA right now why wait till I'm like 8, 9 years pro to then ask for that help why not do it now perfect your craft you know I'll I was reading an article about uh, Leah Boston, you know, she's a forward for South Carolina, and they said that, you know, she, her mentor, and she's been working with the great Tim Duncan, and I'm like, that is beautiful, you know, she's in college looking for that guidance, she's not waiting till she get drafted, she started it now, which is beautiful, and you can see the difference from last year to this year, how her game changed. She's gotten better in her post game. You know, she's a champion. She got the AP player of the year. You know, good for her. But, you know, she didn't wait. And I think 
that's the problem with these, you know, young guys today. Like, you don't have to wait to get guidance. There's nothing wrong with getting guidance. You can still be who you are, but still learn from players who's been there and done that. You know? And this is my opinion. That's something I would most, you know, most definitely do. <clears throat> you know, but everybody's different. Everybody has their own mindset. You know, not not to it. No, not to it at all. You know, just do what you want to do. You know, live your life how you want to. Because at the end of the day, you know, it is your life. You know, all the news too that we did hear that Mark Jackson is a finalist for the Sacramento Kings job. I'm actually just really upset that it actually took this long for this man to get a coaching job. You know, and nothing against Steve Kerr. I do believe Steve Kerr is, you know, a good coach. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr got the best of all worlds, if that's what you want to call it. He played under Phil Jackson he played under Greg Popovich and he also played with Michael Jordan and he you know played with Tim Duncan so he took all of that and put into his coaching and you know look at these Warriors but like I said, nothing against Steve Kerr. I do believe he is a good coach. But Mark Jackson did put this Warriors team together. He made the foundation of it. And, you know, that team was getting better and better every year. I don't understand the politics behind what happened with Mark Jackson and the Warriors. Don't understand the politics of it. But, you know, I don't believe I do believe he he started that foundation for the Warriors. And like I said, I don't know why it's taking this long for him to get a coaching gig. I mean I mean there's no guarantee that he's gonna get this coaching job. I hope he does. Because he definitely deserves to be coaching. And, you know, and if he does turn this Sacramento Kings team around, it's just showing that, you know, his greatness as a coach, that he should have been had a job. And don't get me wrong, I do liking him commentate, you know, with, with him and Jeff Van Gundy. I love hearing him commentate, you know, but he should have been, been coaching. That's just my personal opinion. I thought he would you know, get the Knicks coaching job or the Lakers coaching job before they got Frank Vogel. You know, I just thought he'll go somewhere, but hopefully he get this Sacramento's job just to show that, you know, he can't coach. He, he know what he's doing, you know, because like I said, I like Mark Jackson, very good coach, you know, good leader. You know, when he, when he was playing, he always showed that leadership when he was playing. So I'm pulling for him, and I hope he does get the coaching job. You know, but uh, <clears throat> I do appreciate everybody that uh, joining in and listening. I appreciate y'all. 
Um, like I said, I'm still will be more consistent with my uh, podcast. Most definitely will. You know, no more taking these long breaks. I guess while I'm at work, I'll just be doing this. You know, um, hopefully, you know, soon I'll have my brothers with me have more debates and give their opinions on certain topics as well. But for the most part, it's just, you know, me just giving my thoughts on the sports world. (laughs) But I do appreciate everybody listening. And you have a good one. And until next time, see ya.